What's up, everybody? Whitney's mad today. I am not mad. She's mad. I'm actually happy because I didn't have to fix my hair. She's mad because she walked in and I said, <laughs> I said, what's up, Carmen San Diego? Hey, where in the world is, I like her. Y'all remember, you got it. First of all, I, I, it's happening all the time now that I'm telling our listeners that if you're listening, you're not viewing, then, you're, then you're missing out. Hey. You get to miss out on my handsomeness here. This is what's true. <laughs> so we stupid. look good. We try to look good for this show. Winnie is wearing a, uh, Winnie's Fe- wearing a hat. Fedora cowboy hat. Which is it? It's one that in uh, Mortal Kombat they would okay. take off and throw it, and it would chop someone's head hey, off. Hey, that's true. I've hugged two people today and literally hit them in their temple. We have two of our staff with, bleeding because of Whitney's fedora. Charlie, sorry. What's on the top of it? A horseshoe. It's like a. The brand is called Charlie Horse. Oh, that's a brand. Charlie so Horse. That's C. when you get punched in the leg. Yeah, but it's a it's a horseshoe. That's a C. But in the shape of a C for Charlie Horse. Yes. See? Okay. I don't know, like when the horse kicks you. That's great. That's probably what happens. Today, Bailey uh, showed up, and can we put in a picture of Bailey? Can we take a picture of Bailey oh, today, no. Easton, and put it in? Today, Bailey showed up looking like Gumby. Yeah. She got Gumby legs today. You have a thing with outfits that if you see something and it reminds you of something, it's like your brain does that like uh, association spinny wheel. It yeah, yeah, cannot yeah, yeah. move on to the next thing it needs to do. Like it can't process right. until you say, "What's up, Carmen San Diego?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> Rachel. Up, Rachel showed up to church on Sunday wearing some slippery pajamas. Yeah, she looked wonderful. It was yeah. like a white suit. Yeah, but it, to me, it lo- it just was slippery pajamas. It's just the best. You got this You're jacket funny. that the, you got this jacket that looks like you killed Cookie Monster and skinned him. Hey, and wearing Cookie Monster. It's a beautiful sweater. I'm uh, just saying, I can't help but associate. Uh, outfits with with you know what it kind of reminds yeah, me you of. told one of yeah, but our, hey, hey hey it's a love language it is because you told one of our female staff last week oh no that she looked like uh I don't jay, know. jay leno when she wore a <laughs> denim shirt <laughs> yeah she had a shirt like this one like a light <laughs> denim shirt yeah and you said hey she's beautiful brady and you said hey brady you kind of look like jay leno well i pulled up the picture of jay leno because he always wears his called a canadian tuxedo yeah Denim, denim on denim. top, denim yeah. on bottom, but the same color. And yeah. that's what she was wearing. Yeah. But she told me, well, this is kind of gross. Can I call Brady out on this podcast? I guess. You're going So to. she's wearing this shirt that oh. looks like she got it from a 300-pound farmer. <laughs> she's wearing it. Uh, that's the style. But, but then it was raining that day. Yes. And we all went to staff lunch or somewhere, and I was sitting next to her, and I was like, what does that smell? And she said, oh, I bought this from the thrift store and didn't wash it. And I was like, no, wait a minute. You bought it from the thrift store, didn't wash it. You know that that shirt used to be worn by a 300-pound farmer Correct. who was sweating and got some horse manure Correct. on it. And now you got it wet, and that wetness just reincarnated all of the... What uh, in the world? All the sense. Yes, but I think she washed it since then. Yeah, outfits are just a thing. So and if that's I ever your see love you, language. If you call us Cookie Monster or uh, what's the other one? Gumby Legs. What's the one? Hunchback Quasimodo. Yeah, when you got this yeah. other shirt, it looks like Quasimodo. It just you means know, he loves you. You know Quasimodo <laughs> Hunchback Notre Dame. <laughs> Welcome to the tug of more, everybody. Rachel uh, gets it the worst, though. This is a conversation. Rachel, Rachel, she be coming wearing stuff. I'm like, what is going on? Are you a ninja? Hey. That's what we, I ask We her. are starting our podcast now, sir. But if you ask me that, I cry. <laughs> If you ask me exactly. that, exactly. This you, is what I'm like. You wouldn't not be happy if we no, said. No, I got a tender heart. Hey, hey, Tristan, you look like you kind of look like Jay Leno today. But like, I know. See? But see, it makes me my feelings hurt because I know I do. No. <laughs> I'm like, That's yep. Not true. I just, That's ridiculous. Yep, I just look like no Jay Leno. I okay. may be a car. I might be a car mechanic. Okay. Not I might true. be a semi truck driver. No, you look good, guys. What's up? Hope that you enjoy our goofing around. Yeah. You know, if we they w- don't, they already turned off probably. We want to have fun. Okay. Yeah. It's, you know, we're we just, just lighthearted. We just established a whole new vision. We sure did. For our staff team. We'll for, talk about that at some point. Yeah, we have to. Because. About we, how we want to have fun. Yeah. Because whenever you're tugging into more, inevitably there comes a certain <sighs> point when it's just real full of tension and stress. And like, and if you don't stop and have fun and really reevaluate what you're doing. It ain't fun. You anymore. know what happens when you're tugging is you get calloused hands. Yeah. And so when, you got, when you're all bleeding calloused hand up, it's hard to laugh. Yeah. It's you, hard to have fun unless you make it a choice. Right. Well, you Let's said have it, you have a tender heart. We don't want to get calloused hearts. We want to yeah. keep tender hearts even while our hands are calloused. And so tender heart, calloused hands, make it a t-shirt. Yep. Love it. It's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. There's s'more. There's s'more. <laughs> hey, say. Easton, next year, there's s'more. Oh, we have to have yeah. t-shirts printed by when? 
I don't know, September. By September. <laughs> He's writing it down. He's got his phone out. There's Schmore next year. There's Schmore. I love it. Um, so cool. today, so, what are we talking about? Well, so last episode, uh, we left a little cliffhanger. Yeah. And said that we were going to finish up another idea. Yeah. Um, a question we get all the time um, is from people who aren't the like jefe. The boss of the, the whole boss. organization. And they're in a second or third or, you know, support, support level of leadership. Right. And they say, how am I supposed to lead from here? My leader, my pastor, he's a jerk. She's a loser. They don't listen to me. They right. say these kind of things. How am I supposed to affect change in the organization? And so we talked on our last one about how, uh, about how you have to be able to learn to lead people that are older than you or maybe more mature than you. And then I think that we actually did a podcast, oh, did an episode like did years work. ago. It was like back in, in the first season, in the first season but where I we, can't remember what I it was think called. we called it leading from the second chair or leading when you're not the lead. It may be. Boom. Oh, second chair. There Boom roasted winner. You win. That hat's constricting the, uh, the, the, blood the, brain, flow? the brain. Well, blood we'll flow. call this one leading when you're not the lead. Leading when you're not the lead. Okay. So here's a challenge that a lot of leaders have, whether you're in ministry or you're just working in an organization is that you've got somebody that you're working for. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you see problems, difficulties, situations that they don't see, and you're trying to figure out how do I, uh, how do I affect change in the Correct. organization when, when I'm not the boss? We've got it. We, uh, we met with a guy not too long ago. He said that for him, he's been in the role he's been in for a long time. They've been working together. They have a great working relationship, but he said he feels like there's some big shifts that need to be made, but the leader is not willing to make them. And so he's like, am I just stuck? And like, the answer is multiple answers. It's well, twofold. Let's say this to get it out of the way. Yeah. We already did an episode called something about like know when to leave yeah or like when it's time to go when it's time to go can we tag that go. link that like because there's a certain point where it's time for you to dip yeah like if you're following a leader who is unwilling to make any changes or advance or isn't passionate or is not ethically living their life yeah. that then there's a time to to leave so let's just put that on the on the other side so we don't spend a lot of time correct okay. so we've seen youth pastors frustrated that their lead pastor won't give them any budget. Right. Yeah. So that's frustrating. We've seen executive pastors frustrated that their lead pastor um, won't change their service structure. Yeah. So they're still doing same service structure they've been doing since 1973. Right. Still preaching an hour and 20 minute still sermon. Got the American flag and the Christian flag on the stage. It's boring as a mug. Still got plants. <laughs> still got them fake plants with dust. And pink carpet. Yeah. So like there's all those pieces. We've seen the kids people that are frustrated yeah. because like the board doesn't believe that the next generation needs anything right. other than babysitting. Right. There's a hundred creative people yeah. that creative people want to start an Instagram account, but their lead pastor thinks it's the antichrist or right. something. Absolutely. And not just in that, we've got people in our church that we've talked with that their business owner, the person they work for just uh, everything's good enough. Or the culture's toxic and oh. they feel like there's people that need to be fired, but they won't fire them. They Oof. won't make the change. They won't make the shift. And so like, no matter where you are, when you're leading, if you're not the final say, the final decision maker, it can get really frustrating if you feel like, how am I supposed to lead while they're not leading the way I wish they would lead? So if you find yourself in one of those positions, the most important thing that you can do, first of all, is ready, one, two, three, guard, guard your, your heart. heart. Look, we didn't even plan that. I know, I knew we were gonna say it though. I was like, good, it's but true, you have to. You've, you've gotta guard your heart, because it's super easy, I've been there. I've been there, I know that I'm the lead guy now. Right. Right, but for a lot of years, I was not the lead guy, and I remember getting frustrated, uh, but it was because, you, you, you can't see everything. You don't have the full perspective that you think that you have, even if you're close to them. Um, even you and I, we lead a lot of things together, but there's still perspective I don't have that you still have. And, and there's information you're not aware of and privy to. And so you have to assume positive intent first and foremost in guarding your heart towards your leader. If you love them and yeah. believe in them, um, if you don't, you better check your heart, check yeah. yourself before you wreck yourself. But if you do, then you have to work on your heart and go, what's in me that's so bugged 
by them uh, and not willing to see, have the empathy list, like we yeah. talked about, to know that they're caring more than I see. I remember uh, when I was a youth pastor, um, the youth room that we were in did not have big enough side screens. Oh, right. It had side screens. Correct. But you know, I've always been there's more. Yes. And so we wanted bigger side screens. And so talk to the pastor and I'm vision casting like, hey man, these bigger side screens. It, you can use this room for multiple events. You can do all these kind of things. And, uh, and so he comes in and looks at it and he's like, you know what, I, don't, I, I, I need to see it. I need to see it. I said, okay, what does that mean? And he said, build a frame that's big enough as the screen that you want. And so I was like, okay. And so we had this like storage room in the church and it had these metal, uh, aluminum metal studs. Mm -hmm. And so I went in there and cut it and measured it and made a giant screen, yeah. bootleg, not an actual yeah. screen, just the frame, and went and hung it up there, climbed yeah. up on a ladder, hung it up there, and called him in there. And he looked at it from all the angles and he hemmed and hawed and gave him the budget of what I wanted to do. And uh, he didn't tell me yes. He didn't tell me no either. He just... Oh, well, think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember getting frustrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, dude you made me build these stupid things. You had me climb up here on a ladder. You had me hold it up here for an hour and a half. Then you're not even going to tell me no. Like yeah. at least just tell me no. Right. But now that I'm in the seat that I'm in, yeah. I don't know the stress that this dude was carrying. Right. I don't know the budget issues that you don't know what you interrupted to get him to come and look yeah. at your screen to even see what he thought. And yeah. so part of the, so like before we get into some of it, yeah. the first thing is to about guarding your heart is like have a little bit of empathy for your leader that you don't know the bandwidth of what they're trying to navigate. No. Who knows? Maybe the reason that he couldn't tell me yes to do those screens is because a bunch of givers left and there was a right. there was an issue somewhere else in the building or there was a lawsuit I don't know about. Or like yeah. maybe money is going somewhere else yep. and I'm going, hey man, I only need 10 grand. And mm. he's have the pressure of, man, I hope I can make payroll this month. Right, right. That's a real thing. Yeah. I never worried about making payroll until I became the guy right. that was in charge of making sure everybody got paid. Absolutely. It's true. So like a little bit of empathy can go a long way um, that maybe they're trying. They want to tell you yes. Yeah. But where it gets hard is the cultural stuff. No, I think it's that. And then, and then the other piece too is... Uh, man, you got to say it. So you got to guard your heart. But then once your heart is guarded, you're sure that you're right in, in your heart, that like it's pure and righteous, all the things. Um, one of the things you and I, when we get encountered this question, we ask people all the time and it shocks me their answer, but we'll say, well, what do they say when you've talked to them about it? Mm -hmm. And they'll go, oh, and I haven't. They haven't talked to him about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. You want to make these changes. You see them and you are assuming you that they're going to say, yeah, you got to burn your butt because you're assuming they're going to say no. You haven't even broached the conversation. you haven't even brought it up to them yet. And so like, if you haven't even brought it up to them yet, if you haven't even gone and taken the actual step of bravery to walk in and say, hey, I've got some ideas, I've got some thoughts. I, or, I, or I see this issue. Yeah. And I think that we could make a couple shifts to make it better. Not just bringing them the problems. Okay. But trying to help bring some solutions. Um, so that's your first step. You got to well, do it. Guard your heart. Yeah. Then what you're saying or is your have, second step, I guess. Yeah. Then what you're saying is have the conversation. Have a conversation. Now, if you're walking into that conversation and you're nervous, it's a little going to be a little bit um, tough, not going to be received right. really well. Make sure that you have a plan. Yep. Right. And so anytime I walk into any kind of conflict conversation, I've got a plan. I've right. already written it out and I've ran it past somebody that I trust and is not associated. Correct. So like if you're the youth pastor at a church and you've been in a place that you're senior pastor, don't go and talk to the kids pastor and the worship pastor, everybody about it, try to make a coup. Right. I'm saying talk to your wife about it. Talk to your husband Absolutely. about it. Talk to a friend in another church. You know what I'm saying? To Absolutely. make sure that you're not walking in there with a bad attitude. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Have a plan, then, then have the conversation. Have the conversation, see how it goes, and then from there, determine... Oh. Oh, what? And then pick what you want to say. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't go in and talk about the carpet color and the culture and the attitude and how the guy's daughter's ugly and wears a short skirt. Or, like, hone in, like what you're really trying to say. Well, you got to watch the podcast on conflict 
because you got to do it correctly because mm-hmm. you're not trying to attack. You're trying to only bring the actual non-emotion but real conversation to the conversation. And then, yeah, choose your words wisely. Choose the situation wisely. And then just be attuned enough in the conversation to see how it's going. Don't keep pushing if, yeah. like, uh, it's clear that it's not working or it's not what he wants or she wants. And then, uh, but then... Be prepared that if in the meeting, <laughs> I think about Amanda and Enrique both, they're on our team, that and there were times when they weren't actually on our team yet, but they brought some problems to me, to you, to us in different moments. And um, the the response back we had was, okay, well, do you want to do that? Do you want to be the one to bring the uh, solution? So yeah. if you really want to be a part of leading the change, uh, don't just put it on them be willing to say, oh yeah, I'll help lead that. And so yeah, like, it's, it's to, not just complaining, right? It's not just, oh man, I wish my leader would. Yeah. It's being willing to say, I will step up and also lead the charge in this. If they give me the, the leash or the legway, leg room, whatever, whatever leeway to do it. And so like for both of me and Enrique, there were times where I was like, do you want to do that then? And they were like, yes. Thankfully they said yes, because I didn't have the bandwidth. Again, you don't know what they have the bandwidth for. And so sometimes their no, um, especially what you said culturally is not because it's not important. It's just not a priority right now. Yeah. And so if you're willing to do it, then good, but don't go in expecting, well, if they would only, I know a lot of our tug team, they're leaders. They want to be a part of leading, but there can be these times where we feel like, well, they should be the ones leading. No. Right. So what you're saying is, is be willing to be a part of the solution. Yeah. And tag with that is bring, bring a solution. Yeah. So it's not just like, Hey, you know what? I think our worship stinks. (laughs) Okay, cool. How are you going to, how do you suggest that you fix that? That Well, maybe you bring some teenagers on the stage. Maybe a, Stop Shift. doing this song and yeah. maybe it started service for people that like this type of music. Right. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you do? You come with a plan. Yeah, I think so. You and I naturally, one, we are, um, <laughs> I'm bragging on myself, but that's fine. We're both really good number twos because we are willing to, uh, be honoring to the person that is leading us, but then also pick up whatever slack is needed. Mm-hmm. But some people uh, get comfortable in number two roles, number three roles, number whatever, and think, oh, that responsibility is on the leader. No, if you want to own your zone, you got to be willing to also play the field and yeah. carry what you got to carry. Something we say all the time is that ministry is an experiment. Yeah. Right? Ministry is an experiment. It's never all the way official, done, we're going to do it like this forever. And so maybe when going and talking to your leader, you present your change as a experiment. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I've got this idea. What if we try it this different way for a month? Right. What if we try it for a quarter? Let's what if we just make this shift? Maybe it won't work. Maybe I'm wrong. But man, I really feel like it could. And then your leader doesn't feel like they're going to have to be married to something. Like, I'm cool with change. Not all the time. But most of the time. Yeah. I'm cool with, I'm cool with change. Yeah. Some people aren't cool with change. No. I, so you gotta, I, I you gotta like soft, you gotta soft, soft step them a little so bit. So like, um, whatever area it is, it could be in church. It could be in your business. It could be in a new like sales season, whatever it is. But for, uh, for us, not long ago, we had two services in a new facility that we were in, but after COVID and people were in masks and all of these things, like the vibe was just lame. People were not shouting back they were well, not because everyone was socially distanced they so. had been spread out and now they were sitting closer but they still had this awkwardness and yeah. so easton and bailey some of our creative team came to us and were like hey we have this idea we wonder if we could just try it for six weeks uh go back to just one service and we both like at first like ah! but then as they explained it and gave the ideas to it and the understanding about it um that's something that went really no went, i I hated it. Yeah, right. I hated this idea because it went against everything <laughs> in my makeup. Right. Because the reason we have two services is because we have two nets. Right. There are now two opportunities for people to come, two different service times, family schedules, the flip-flop of serve one, sit one. I hated the idea of one service. Yeah. But when I sat and listened to it and I really chewed on it, I realized that this change is the one we needed to make. Right. And so we made the change. We went back to one and we got all the coals back together and the fire got hotter and it helped 
reshape the culture, the yeah. energy. And it, and again, it still stayed something that we were only doing temporarily, but it was so successful in what we were wanting that we actually kept it a little longer than the six weeks. We kept it more like 10 weeks. And by the time we went back to the two services, we had healthy teams, we had healthy people, and they were energized to be a part of uh, the room they were in. And so, um, but had they not proposed it in a way that was like, let's just try this for a minute, it might've been like, no, we're not doing that, shut down. And right. so I think you're, what you're saying is so true that we have to be willing when we come with our ideas, it's not just our idea is the best way, but to have the pushback and the give and take of like, well, what if we do it this way? Well, yeah. what if we try it that way? And so be prepared in the conversation Again, you have to start with guarding your heart, but be prepared in the conversation for it to go lots of different ways. But let's say you have the meeting, you have the conversation, the pastor says no, your leader says no, your boss says it's not changing. What can you do? Are you just stuck? Maybe. It depends <laughs> on what it is. It depends on what it is. Maybe you're stuck. So I would say uh, with the scenario that Winnie just said, Yeah then find the areas that you do have some ability to yeah. run in and get some wins under your belt. Mm -hmm. Get some wins. Right. The reason that when Bailey came in and talked to me about that, right. and then we batted around with the team, that I was able to listen to this thing that I hated, right. is because there had been a track record of um, success. Correct. Yeah. There was a track record of you know what? These younger kids have had some ideas that right. went against my initial thought, but we sold more t-shirts when we got that brand. Yeah. But people shared that graphic more than they shared that graphic, but the service flowed better when we, right. I'm saying like, because there were some smaller ones that I saw them as trustworthy voices, right. then right. I was able to listen quicker. Yep. And so like, if you're trying to get your leader to make a big, <laughs> if you're trying to get your leader to make a big change, maybe don't start there. Right. Maybe start somewhere else. And that other place you're going to start is probably going to take a lot of, uh, it's going to take more work. Right. Or it's something that's solely on you. Well, you just said another piece of it too, though, is know the timing of what you're doing. So know the like weight of what you're asking them to change. But then the timing of when to ask, like it would have been the wrong time to come ask you that right before Christmas or right before Easter. Like, or in the middle of a series. Or in or, the middle of, yeah. Right. It, it was like, oh, we see this time frame coming up that's gonna mm -hmm. be a good season for it. And, but also that, if you just screwed something up royally, do not go in all cocky and arrogant thinking that you can ask them to make changes. Like you, you have to be self-aware enough to know when's the right thing to ask. And you know what I think in that situation, I think that they saw some um, discontentment in me 100%. how other things were going. 100%. So like, I'm like, man, we need more greeters. Yeah. We need row captains. We need this. We need more hype and worship. And they heard my frustration, yes. but they had an idea that was outside of my realm of thinking. Right. And so if you want to help your leader, maybe you need to listen yep. to what's bugging that bugging them. Right. But then realize that the answer they need, they might not be, be able, able to, to grasp. See. Yeah. I I'm telling y'all, I would have never in a thousand years came up with the idea to go back to one service for 10 right. weeks. Yeah. Never, right? Never. Right. But it was the right move. Right. But they kept hearing this. They're paying attention to me in staff meeting. Right. They're hearing this frustration in my voice about how we're not progressing and things are going and feeling in the wrong yeah. direction. They just had an answer that- That was different. I would have never reached for. Yeah. And so sometimes we just call our leaders punks or not paying attention. Well, maybe you just need to pay attention- Maybe you need to pay attention. To their heart. Like, yeah. what are they trying to figure out? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, that is such a key piece of- leading from not the main chair is understanding them, knowing them, really understanding what they care about. You're saying all the right things that are a necessary piece that if you're not willing to do that, you shouldn't be there anyway. But then um, what you said is so important that there are areas where you can make influence and you can make change. And so maybe you don't have a leader, like you are a very, uh, 
there are things you care about, but you're really good at giving leash of like once once you, the parameters are set, you're like, go do it. Now you run and carry it. And right. so I know that there are people who, um, I guess the word would be micromanage. They have micromanaging leaders who literally won't like, like we were joking about it earlier today that like there are some people who literally can't get the like volunteer meeting change from Monday to Tuesday, even though all the people have like soccer and baseball practice on Monday without the leader's approval. Whereas uh, even I don't know, you don't know, but I don't even know when it is except when I see it on the calendar right. and it's up to them to decide it and plan it and invite them and all of the pieces. And I just know it's happening. You just know, oh, they're carrying it. But if you have a micromanaging leader, that's where it can be really difficult to feel and start to feel like, well, there's not really anything I can do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can actually change. And I think if you know that you're still called to be there and like, that's an important piece to pray. Am I supposed to still be a part of this organization, this church, this, even this team, maybe in the organization that you're part of. But if you know that you are, then say, okay, God, where can I make change just today? Maybe it's one-on-one with another teammate. Maybe it's just something small that your leader may not actually even ever see. Yeah. But the truth is, we believe, the Bible is our context, that God is our promotion, not man. And if we will work unto the Lord, if we'll be, if we'll be uh, in, intentional to say, hey, God, whatever you give me today that I can lead, I'll lead it to the best of my ability, then God can work some of that stuff out that we can't ever work out ourselves. Yeah, it's great. It's important. Um, another thought yeah, go. that my brain bounced to Do it. out of all that was... You know, you, you said you've got to go and have the talk with your leader, mm-hmm. but maybe the talk before you have the lesson and the points and the conflict, maybe it's just a talk with your leader that says, hey, so-and-so, I love you. Yeah. Thankful that I'm here. I know that you want more out of the organization. Right. What can I do to help? Yeah. Like, is there an area that I'm not, that like I, I can throw on my shoulder and I can help? Now, hopefully... Hopefully they give you something that's like in the vein of, hopefully they don't say, yeah, you can pick up my dry cleaning and get my car washed for me <laughs> and you can mow hey, the lawn might. so you can mow the lawn so uh, we can not have to pay the lawn maintenance guy. Hopefully that's not what they tell you. But like, if there's, a, if there's an area that you can go to your leader and say, hey, man, I just want to help take some burden from you. Is there an area that you want to advance or to get better that I can just step in and help add some horsepower add some yeah. horsepower to accomplish your vision yeah and man i'm telling you you do that three or four times yeah if you do that three or four times then when you come to them and say hey you know how we've been working on these special projects together i got an idea yeah then you can implement your your special project absolutely i think it's a i think it's a at least a uh, a way a, a tactic worth trying yeah um okay the the heart piece though, the culture piece yeah. is a lot harder. I remember a team that I was on was not um, open, honest, yeah. and transparent. Yeah. We, we were not oat. It's this new thing I've came up with. Yeah. O-H-T, oat. You're ridiculous. <laughs> we, were not, we were not oat. And, uh, and so I wanted, that's a joke, Transformation Church does H-O-T, yeah, hot, humble, open, and transparent. transparent. Yes. We were not toe. <laughs> Ridiculous. And uh, <laughs> I wish I would have came up yeah, with it. I know, it was wonderful. Uh, uh, the basement, the basement yeah. dude. Yeah, Tim Ross. Tim Ross, he came up with it. He's oh, genius. Oh, he is the one who came up with it? Yeah, he says he did. Oh, I love it. I believe it. It's awesome. Yes. Our team was not that. We're no. not open, honest, and transparent, and I wanted us to be. I needed it. Yeah. Well, like, you are it. I am it. That's I'm the guy. I'm the guy that, like, in junior high, called all my buddies together and talked <laughs> about looking at bras and jc penny catalogs right, like right. I, since the beginning <laughs> i've been the one who's always been initiating that and so i remember there was a season for me that i had became a liar mm-hmm. i haven't talked about this in a long time Mm-mm. i had this season that i became a liar and uh it was just easy for me to start saying things that weren't true i was buying and selling a whole bunch of cars right to make money and they were they were what you call little white lies little white lies sometimes yeah. sometimes a little gray uh but yeah <laughs> yeah and uh and so I like wrote up this thing and I called this group of guys on our team together and I read them this kind of confession. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to be this way anymore. And so I just wanted to confess and I just wanted you guys to help, help me 
you yeah. know, shift that. I'm sorry if I've said anything manipulative right. or misleading to you. And I, what I was attempting to do was to shift a culture and give that other, it was for me, but I was also trying to shift the culture to get them to bite, right. to help me create this culture. Of and course. guess what? Nobody did. No. They just said, thank you, Trustin, for admitting you're a liar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And Let's so that's okay. They're not my friends anymore. Right. Right. That's okay. Yeah. But like, if you want to see a cultural shift, yeah. jump. Yeah. Get out of the boat. Absolutely. Like, if you think that everybody in your team is fake and phony and you're not, cool. You be the one to open up in a right. staff meeting and cry. Yeah. Like, no, again, I think that's something you and I, we lead by example in that we're willing to say sorry. And even when we're not wrong, willing to say like, my bad, even when we didn't screw it up. But we're not doing that just because we're self-deprecating. It's because we're trying to lead by an example of like, it's okay to not do it perfect. It's okay to screw it up sometimes. It's okay to admit as a leader, I'm not perfect. Yeah. No, we want to lead by example. And so like. And it, just, we, just this week in staff meeting, yeah. Pastor Tim he apologized to everybody around the table yeah. for something I'm not even all the way sure that he's done all the way. Like, right, yeah. But he has, but yeah. not to the level of his apology, yeah. but he's doing it because that's the culture that we've worked on. We've worked Philip did the same thing. Yeah. There's this Amarisa, yeah. same thing. This yeah. heart of like, I don't want to be the thing that slows us down. I'm sorry yeah. for this yeah. area. And, and that, that starts somewhere. And if it's not gonna start with your leader, Correct. Maybe you can start with you. Absolutely. And being a leader who's willing to say, I see the change that needs, there's that phrase, be the change you want to see in the world. And we think of it in like this huge way of like, I have I'm to. I'm talking to the man yeah, in right. the mirror. Hey, oh yeah. That song inspired to you by Winnie's Hat. I knew you were going to say, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing good. I got a couple of, couple of people named today that I could be. Um, but they, like for real, they you may not be able to make massive change in like in global warming or whatever, you, whatever it is that you Save think needs to be fixed. Use a paper right. straw. Yeah. Don't use actual straws, whatever it is, but you can be the change in your office, in your department, in mm -hmm. your hallway of kindness and saying hello first and saying thank you when someone does something generous, like, or being generous, like you can start to affect change in a small way. And what is the thing? A small spark can set things ablaze. That's a verse that actually means like uh, the opposite direction. Yeah. But you could use it in a positive way to say like. <laughs> it has been done before. It has been done. Uh, that you could say like, you can change something small and it can spread. You know, kindness can spread. Generosity can spread. If you'll just be the one to say, okay, I'm going to change it. And so I think for some of those people, what you said you know, give yourself some wins. Well, why don't you give yourself some cultural wins too? Yeah. And um, yeah. Have some grace for your leader because they might be carrying stuff bigger than you know. Yeah. And when you're carrying big, overwhelming things, it's easy to miss the things that you're concerned about. Well, correct. so like for us, when we were in the building thing and yep. land swap and all the stuff, dude, I was so focused and so, um, mentally preoccupied that I was not able to see some other things. Correct. And so maybe your leader's carrying some stuff that they just need you to um, have their six. Exactly. And, and I think you go and tell them like, hey, so-and-so, I got your six, I got your back. Right. I know you're running forward, looking at this, dealing with this, but hey, back here, I see something, it's in our blind spot, can I help? Yep. Can I help? Not you suck, not you didn't see it, I got another one. Can I help? Okay. I got another one. In, especially in those seasons. Um, the other thing we have to do as people who are not the leader, sometimes we just don't need the uh, accolades for it. Sometimes I think we so want our leader's approval to do it because we think we can't lead without their approval. I think the other side of it is sometimes we want them to say yes to it because we want them to see us and the leading that we're doing and the change that we're affecting. And sometimes you just got to lead and not need the like, what is the word credit? Make the it better, approval, make the, it, make it better without being hungry for the attaboy. Yeah, there's a lot of times, this is not, I don't know. Oh, well, whatever. No, I know there's, there's a lot of times that you do stuff that, you don't that is for the benefit yeah. of the organization, the staff, the church that I don't know about, but guess what? 
I know. Yeah, right. I know. I might not know for six months. Yeah. I might not know for two years later. But then I find out, wait, you did what with who? Yeah. You had lunch with who? Right. Oh, that's great. I didn't know you talked to them. I'm saying... It doesn't... I'm not saying don't do things We want to approval. pat on the back so bad today right, right. that we won't do it unless we think we're going to get it tomorrow. Get it t- yeah, the attention and the credit for it. And I'm like... And there's something about storing up your self-treasures in heaven. Something about where that. Where moth and rust yeah, do not destroy. In like man's approval versus God's approval. But like, for real, like I'm not saying do stuff behind their back that they wouldn't approve of. But like... One, you've given me great leash to do and lead where I'm supposed to do and lead, but it not everything I do needs your like, yes, because the only reason I would be doing that is just to get, look at me, look at me, look at me. And that is a waste of your energy and the truth is a waste of mine. Yeah. And like, if you've been deemed the second chair or if you've been lead uh, deemed the director of a department or whatever, if you've been deemed- Any responsibility. Even, yeah, the coffee maker of the like, kitchen staff yeah. of the team whatever just do that to the best of your ability and let the rest work itself off because you're right inevitably there are things that your leader will find out later that you took care of and cared for that you're like wait what i didn't even know that happened yeah. and actually to me when i find that stuff out when i find out something Amarisa's has done that i didn't even know or ask her to do I have so much more respect for her as a leader because I realized she owned her zone and carried mm-hmm. it and took it above and beyond what I even was hoping for, what you even were, had a vision for. Yeah. Then if uh, it was just like, oh yes, you are approved to do those things. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And so I think that's another piece that oh. maybe we've never identified before all the way. No, that's great. Yeah. What? Okay, so the recap. Yep. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Have a conversation. Um, say the stuff that you haven't said. Offer a solution. Yep. Be willing to carry it if you need to. Yep. Uh, make some change where you can. Have some empathy Have that empathy. maybe your leader's doing stuff that you don't know. Have their back. Earn some credit. Like, yeah. uh, earn some, yeah. What's the word? Le- equity. Earn some equity. Uh, I got another thought yeah. too. Is uh, Oh, don't take the credit. That's yeah, the other one. And then go. Don't take the credit. Use somebody else's voice. So yeah. one of the best things for me, I, we've talked about in here before about how I had a hard time learning to rest, wasn't doing all the things. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, something this one did what? is sent me a sermon that she wanted me to listen to Yeah. because she knew that I would listen to that voice. Right. So like, if there's a thing that you're hoping that your pastor or leader or whoever yeah wants to really get better and maybe your pastor's the worst at handling conflict. Maybe they got somebody they need to fire and they won't fire them. Send them our podcast about firing people. Right. Like let let someone what, else do that. Sometimes hard. we yeah. want to wear the cape. No man. Yeah. Sometimes all we need to be is Lois Lane and yell Superman. Right. Let somebody else swoop in and say all the hard words. I promise that whatever your church leadership business is going through it's on YouTube somewhere. Right. Somebody has talked about that idea. Yeah. Bring us some Gary V. I don't know. Send somebody to your leader <laughs> and say, hey, listen to this. Yeah. No, it's true. Absolutely. That's really good. In that, like, and, and then don't be like, or if you send them some things or, or if someone else says it, don't be offended if you're like, this is what I've been trying to say for six months. Guard your freaking heart. Guard your heart. Guard yeah. your heart. And it's like, about progress, not promotion. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, if you're on the journey, just be on the journey and, like, be willing to whatever role you're playing in that season, play it to the best of your ability. So, uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, super good. Another thought. Yep. Um, we've had before people on our team take initiative, get excited to try to start something that they think is a oh, big need, okay. but it's not a big need right now. Yeah. How, I, I'm not saying it well. So like, uh, someday I want us to have a ministry that, uh, helps homeless people. Right. Or prison ministry. Right. Or a counseling center. Yeah. But I know that those things aren't right now. Right. But if one of our team got all excited about it yeah. and started recruiting and having meetings and doing stuff and trying to raise a budget outside of our budget to do the thing, that would not make me happy. No. Because you're taking horsepower to an auxiliary output instead of focusing on what we're needing to focus on. So how, how does somebody differentiate that? Well, I think it's the... Uh you got to, you said it at the top, or you said it a little bit ago, we have to listen to the leader who's carrying the vision. And we have to 
ask ourselves, are we aligned? Are we as people aligned to this vision? If not, then we need to think about whether we should be there or not. But if we are aligned to the vision, then is what I think needs to happen go in alignment to the vision. You know, you and I have had to learn over the years that there's only so much bandwidth of what we can actually carry and accomplish. Right. We had a season where we had to stop starting things because we just like to start stuff and we were starting things everywhere. Dude, that'd be a good episode. Yeah, stop starting. Stop starting. And in fact, in our stopping of starting, we were able to accomplish more. But if what you're trying to do is just something you think is a good idea, not necessarily solving an issue. Or you're looking for a place to build a kingdom of your own. Well, that's a whole nother podcast for sure. Yeah. But like, good grief. But yes, then uh, you have to, again, you have to recognize, does this go with the vision? If it does, um, cool. But what you said, is it right now? Is it the next right step? You have to trust your leader that it may or may not be the next right step. Or what you said before, that sometimes ideas come to leader in a way that they may not be able to see or fully understand. Sometimes your leader has understanding you don't have. And so, yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell the story because he won't care because we've talked about it. Okay. But like for a long season, Enrique uh, is incredible. And his- Shout out, love Enrique. Love him so much. Like That's what's so up. grateful. That's what's up always. But she's about to throw her under the bus, I think. No, I'm not. But, but only in what we've talked about that like he was really committed to discipleship programs the way he had been discipled and the way it had helped him because via, his via heart, classes like yes like uh because his heart for people was that they would have the same life change that he and cassandra had had and so he really wanted to do these classes he was really uh, determined to do it and we were trying to tell him hey hey man you're caring a lot of other things and right now that's just not what will be the best for your bandwidth right but but his love for the vision was correct the vision was that more people would know the love of Jesus and really come into their more. And so in his mind, hey, this is the next right step. But as he, but, but again, he guarded his heart. He had the conversation. And we also, that's the other piece, it's hard if your leader won't have the conversation back with you, but yeah. I, I don't know what to do on that one. Uh, but we were able to have the conversation back with him and be like, hey man, right now that's not what we need you to do. And we were very clear with what we needed him to do. And, and then he did that. Right. And in doing that, he will now say, I didn't realize how much discipleship is getting done in the thing you were actually asking me to do, not in a classroom setting For sure. the way I thought. And so um, sometimes our willingness to be obedient to God's voice, but also to be obedient to what our leader is asking us to do will allow the space for us to run because what's really awesome to see is now he's running into so many more things yeah. that he didn't even know he even had like the heart and desire for, yeah. but it's because he was willing to go, okay, I submit to what you're asking me to do in this season. And I trust you and God that he'll work the rest of it out. And now God's opened these doors for him to run into even more things. And it's so cool to see, but again, it would never have happened if he wasn't guarding his heart and then willing to hear the feedback and adjust. You yeah. have to adjust. No, it's true. You either have to adjust or eject one or the other. Like yeah. you cannot, you cannot stay where you are um, and stay rigid or you got to be flexible. That's another one. So leading, leading from the second chair can be tough. Yeah. If you don't have a leader who wants you to lead, they just want you to fill a wheel. And so I know we said it 30 times, but you've got it. You've got to guard your heart yeah. from that. Absolutely. You know, the thing that almost took down Moses was, um, Aaron and, Oh, I just lost her name. Her? No, Aaron's uh, Moses' sister. Oh, um, oh gosh, uh, I'm embarrassing ourselves right now. Oh. Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Miriam, I was gonna say Mariah, so glad I, and so, then I was like, so it's glad not I beat Mariah you. Carey. Oh God! So glad I beat you. I was about to be so sad. I lost my Bible quiz challenge. Oh, you win. When they were like, there was a moment they were real frustrated with him, yeah. right? But they had to they had to guard their heart because they didn't understand the pressure that no. he was under. Right. But inversely, the other story is when Moses was in a battle, he had Aaron and a guy named Hur, H-U-R, yeah. uh, like, come, <laughs> come alongside and lift his arms. Yeah. And like, maybe your leader just needs you to lift his arms, lift her arms. Yeah. But then like, how long is this episode so far? Oh my, okay. How, how long? 45. I couldn't see it. So we're still in our newish temporary studio. We temporary, don't have our, temporary, we usually temporary. have a timer up. We don't have our timer up. Wait, what are you saying? I was saying like, but, but what if, like, what does somebody do if their leader just doesn't give a crap? 
Like, what if they've already done all these things? What if they've already worked hard and been faithful and been loyal and tried and tried to fix the thing, but their leader is just, you know what I see is a lot of, a lot of times is pastors, they just get in autopilot mode. Mm -hmm. They're just in autopilot. It's good enough. I'm getting a paycheck. I'm golfing twice a week. I just, nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting baptized, but I'm getting paid. So I don't care. What does somebody do if there's just no, like, do you remember? Yeah. What? You remember we went to a conference this years ago, years ago, yeah. before I was lead pastor, we went to a conference and there was just a lot of stuff in the church going on that was kind of like yep. confusing. Yeah. And we went, we heard this other lead pastor. Yeah. It was in a breakout. Me and you and Amy Chin, shout out, uh, were yeah. there. And this other pastor started talking about reaching souls. Yeah. And when he started losing her junk and crying. Like a, like a baby. Like, yeah. because our culture was not one that was passionate yeah. about that. Uh, so yeah. like, you remember that feeling. A hundred percent. What does somebody do? Like, well, I remember that feeling. Yeah. But and you know, I try me, to, I, oh, go. No, and it's it, like, so I feel like there's some people that have listened to the yeah. episode. We're at the end, 45 minutes, we're about to shut off. And they're like, but you're not actually helping me because I did okay. all that. And dang, this stinks. It's hard. Yeah. I want to cry. Yeah. My leader doesn't care. Well, what I, do we tell them? I'm, you know me, like I'm super committed to being planted and blooming where you're planted. Like uh, the Bible says that where you're planted, uh, when you're planted in God's house, you'll flourish. And I don't think you can be planted by jumping around from place to place to place. You've said it before on this, like if you go be uh, the CEO for a year at like five different places, you've really only been a CEO for a year. Yes. If you go be the youth pastor for a year at a church, uh, but six different you, churches, you haven't been a youth pastor for six years, you've only been one for one. So. I believe in staying. I believe in being faithful. You and I are stayers. We talk about that yeah. all the time. Um, and so for me, I'd been in that season for a while. You'd been in the season you were in, and I'd been in the season I was in for a while. And both of us had a big passion to see people's lives transformed. Yeah. And I remember feeling like, well, we could just move on. And like, that's an option. But the other option is to just be faithful where you are with what's right in front of you and to give your very best because there was still a crossing guard that my kids encountered every morning when we went to school. And I still had the opportunity to love them and to invite them to church. And like, you may not be currently right this minute fulfilled, but only because seven years on the other side of it. Yeah. I said it to you the other day, like, I'm super glad you didn't bounce. Cause if you'd have bounced before we got connected, we wouldn't get to do this. And yeah. so like, there are seasons of just waiting even in really hard things. And so I don't want, my fear is then somebody getting to the end of this episode and then being like, okay, I've done all of that. Well, I guess I'm just out. And you may miss the miracle that's about to happen. The, the next right step God has for you. Okay. If you jump out of alignment with what his will is. And that's a hard one. I don't know how to tell people how to know. I do. Go. I prayed and fasted for 40 days. Well, that's what I was about. Yeah. Oh. It, other than your prayer, your yeah. discernment of what God's telling you. Go. I, and I didn't listen to nobody yeah. except God. Yeah. I didn't listen to nobody. Yeah. Because everybody had an opinion because everybody's opinion was based on what they could get from me. Right. And so I had to get away and ask Jesus, right. what am I supposed to do? Yep. And over those 40 days, he made it clear. And in, for me, in my situation, I resigned right. from that culture. Right. But in God's plan, I'm not the one who left. Right. But I resigned. 100%. I said, I'm not doing this. This is not a culture I want to be a part of. I'm stepping away from this thing. Yeah. Um, and then in God's goodness, I got to stay in the location of the people and the place that I loved. Right. And no, so exactly. like, it's a tricky balance. Right. Um, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And man, we would love to help. Yeah. So like, if you're there and at the end of the episode, you're like, oh, you haven't actually helped me reach out to us. Yeah. Call us. We'd love to talk yeah. with you because there's so many, like when it comes to leaving or staying, there's so many nuances. There's so many unique that, variables yeah, that unique matter. Yeah, unique variables that it's worth, it's yeah. worth understanding. Absolutely. Do you know what I can't wait for? What? It's already started a little bit. I can't wait for people that are on our tug team to just start moving here to help us. 
I will, I, that would be amazing. I got a message from a guy just this week that lives in uh, Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs> and he's been watching more church online real consistently, our Sunday stuff, and it's changing his life. Yeah. It's changing his marriage. Yeah. And he said, I don't know how, but I'm moving to Mansfield, Texas. Like, this is my community. I need to be a part of this. Right. So my heart is that more church can be a landing place for pastors, leaders that have walked through some of that hurt yeah. change. Yeah. And that we can be a, either a landing place temporarily, right. or we can be a new foundation for their yeah. ministry. We've had multiple people come here post ministry hurt. Absolutely. Just to attend and to be. And some have stayed and got hired. Mm -hmm. Some I've connected with another pastor and they're now back on staff yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But like, come and help us. Yeah. Come and help us. That's, that's not a, a job. That's not a job offer. No, but that's like a, that's like a community offer. That's it's, a, like a, it's a community <laughs> offer that you can get right. in proximity to a place that is tugging into more, that yeah. is pursuing health, that is transparent. Right. And who knows what God has, man. Absolutely. God's doing big things here. Absolutely. We have a big vision for what's next. And uh, Peter would have never walked on water if he hadn't got out of the boat. No, it's true. And sometimes the reason we don't leave is because we're just holding on to the side of the boat. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of boats on the shore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that you have to allow yourself... Um, you and I have talked about it. There are people and moments that we have to leave and we just have to do it from a non-emotional place. Yeah. But from a place of obedience to God and listening to what he's telling us, because you're right, you did resign. And yet God said, actually, here's how I'm going to work this out. For me, I was like, I am going to stay put. I don't really know what that means, but God, I trust you. I just know you said it yeah. and look what he worked out. And yeah. so like, we have to just be willing to hear his voice over any other voice. And uh, yeah, we would love uh, more people that are like-minded in that. Reach out, tell us your story, let us that's know right. what's up. If there's anything we can do to help you, we'd love to help. And for real, that's real talk. That's a real thing. Come and help us. Yeah. Come it. hang out. There's a lot of room in the kingdom. There's a lot of room here at More Church. Dude, we'll give you a job right now. I might not give you a paycheck, but I'll give you a job right now. That's true. Love y'all. Love y'all. Like, tag, share, follow, subscribe. All do the it. Things. Click it. Click it.